Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. to see also i'm kate jinx and i'm Brody lancaster and this week we're zooming in on an infamous short-lived cult tv series which has reappeared recently on youtube almost 30 years after it first aired and implanted itself in jinxie's memory it's the most 90s show to ever have 90s it's high octane vroom vroom <laughs> jinxie what have you been doing since our last episode Working, working. <laughs> um, girl boss. I'm, yeah, right. I've just been girl bossing, you know. It's really hard. It's a crunch time for me mm. with work, but I'm getting outside doing little walks with my little dog. <laughs> That's about like the only time I get to go outside, except for seeing Harvey Sutherland rising oh last weekend. God, the freaking show of the year. It truly was. It really was. Really incredible. I saw someone in the comments afterwards being like, after this show, I looked up when you were next playing live so I could come see you. And I was like, yes, kind of same. Mm-hmm. Even though I know the answer's not for a while. Not for a while. Oh, yeah. So I went to that. I'm finally seeing Elvis tomorrow. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous that you're seeing Elvis. I'm very intrigued. You know, I could not get in to see its world premiere in Cannes, but apparently I can get into the Melbourne one. So I'm excited for that. I've booked one of those like early screening with a glass of champers on arrival. Oh, I love it. It's not for a few weeks though. Oh, that will be fun though. I'm a lifelong Elvis head. Do you I know this about me? I know this about you. Yeah. I I think he was like my sexual awakening at like age seven or eight. I was like so hot for Elvis. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I asked my mum for a, an Elvis Barbie doll. Um, not an Elvis Barbie doll. An Elvis doll, like a collector's edition souvenir doll. A figure. A figurine, which should have been kept in its box. I immediately took it out and he would like pash all my Barbies. But the first time my mum came back from like this big mall, she brought me Disco Ken. Oh, yeah. Not the same thing. Not the same thing, no. I'm so upset. I'm sorry for that, for your loss there. Anyway, so yeah, this is a big big day for me. I was remembering recently that a friend of mine from primary school, her mum was like a big Elvis head and had a room in the house pretty much devoted to him, like an Elvis shrine. Oh, wow. And like lots of black velvet paintings of Elvis. Oh, my Yeah, pretty exciting. I went to Graceland a few years ago and that was like a real come to Jesus. Like quite literally, he was like my, the closest thing. I didn't realize he was the closest thing to like a, you know, an idol or like object of worship for me growing up. It had been a few years since I'd been obsessed with Elvis, but walking through his fully weird house 
It wow. all just came flooding back to me. I was like, Elvis Aaron Presley. He had a twin brother when he was born. <laughs> but I didn't know that he was buried at Graceland until huh. you come to the end of the tour, which, by the way, is audio narrated by John Stamos. Of course it is. You wear, you wear an iPad around your neck and it like tours you through the house. And you come out the back and if you pay extra, you get to go on his plane, which I didn't. But you come into the garden where he's buried. It's his grave at the end. Wow. Which I was genuinely not aware of or expecting. So that was like a really emotional moment for me. And there were lots of little fluffy dogs running around. So I'll send you the videos of that. Yes, I would like to see that. Thank you. Well, yeah, so I'm seeing that and I'm learning about you apparently, which I love. I caught up on Stranger Things. I'm up to date with that show. Mm -hmm. It got very good. I don't doubt it. So wait, now that we're waiting for part two. Yeah, which is like the very final section. Uh So part two drops in July, I think. What else? I am just, you know, looking at a lot of celebrity Instagram at the moment, seeing who liked Johnny Depp's post, being very disappointed by those results. That list is freakishly long. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and then did you see Gwyneth commenting on Ethan Hawke's Instagram? Oh, my God. Gwyneth Paltrow is the comedian of our generation. I'm going to say it. I, she should be on Hacks. I just love her. <laughs> um, and so Ethan Hawke posted a photo of him in the cast of um, Dead, Dead Poets Poet Society, Society when they're all so young. And she just commented something like, I wish I'd made out with more of you. <laughs> and he was like, us too. <laughs> Some weird flirting on Instagram. I like looked at that and looked over the cast and I was like, how many did she make out with? Like I know. Robin Williams? We'll never know. I'm we'll sure we will know. actually. I'm sure she'll tell us. If you asked Gwyneth, she would tell you she's very open with her. That's Goop season three. <laughs> and then also Sarah Jessica Parker's big post about Kim Cattrall and mm. the that whole interview where she said that no one had ever been mean to her before. Oh my God. And then Minnie Driver commented. What did Minnie Driver say? She said something like, she wasn't the only one. Yeah. And then, so for backstory, if anyone was not following this, Kim Cattrall and, and Sarah Jessica Parker have been going out saying their versions of basically why Kim Cattrall didn't want to do the Sex and the City 3 movie and then was not asked back to, and just like that. Ongoing feud spanning now over a decade, I guess. And Sarah Jessica Parker's finally responded and yeah, she kind of presented uh, her her side of events, which was that everyone's always loved working with her. Mm-hmm. No one else has ever had complaints working with her. And look, Kathy Nujimi. Mm-hmm. Do you see that one? No. Kathy Nujimi of Sanderson Sisters fame. She, mm-hmm. Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker played the witchy sisters in Hocus Pocus. And she posted a tweet to Kim Cattrall, basically being like, can't wait to catch up on your side forever or something to that effect. <gasps> mm, I love Kathy. Yeah. And now we know about her daughter. Her daughter is a musician. Mm. Iconically. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyway, what else have you been up to, BL? I also, as you know, we were standing right next to each other at the Harvey Sutherland show on Saturday night. I've been really enjoying this new podcast called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. I see little videos pop up every now and then on TikTok because clearly the algorithm knows I want the juicy, juicy details without having to reedy read the books mm-hmm. and so these two friends uh read the books and then like i think i talk fast and i listen to our podcast and i'm like bill slow down take a breath but these two i had to check that i hadn't accidentally set my <laughs> podcast to like two times yeah, two speed times. the way that psychos do and no i haven't they just a mile a minute which is kind of great because now i don't have to read busy phillips memoir to know all the kind of fucked up stuff about her husband that she wrote in there and now that they're splitting up A lot of the people who read her memoir were like, well, we saw it coming. So this one came on my radar because Stasi from Vanderpump Rules has released a second book. And this one is called Off With My Head. And it's all about like surviving being cancelled, I guess. Um, When really what happened to her was the consequences of her actions. Mm -hmm. But she's written a second memoir. Her first one, if you'll remember, was the basic bitch guide to being basic or whatever. Um, where she said things like skinny jeans will never come out of fashion. Like it was dated by the time it hit the shelves. Her second book came out. I have no interest in reading either of them. So thankfully there's a book club where I can kind of get the gist. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I also went to the movies last week and I saw Top Gun. Was it the best time of your life? I'm going to go see it again. 
Okay, because I really want to see it. I'm. A, can we go together? Yeah. I'm a car guy now. And by cars, I mean motorbikes, planes, <laughs> F-18s, F-14s. Do I know the difference? No, but the lower number is the older plane and it's the old model that the Navy wants to get rid of. Do you see any parallels to Tom Cruise in here? The metaphor is obvious, <laughs> but I loved it. Mm-hmm. My friend Sarah and I, on an impulse, were having dinner in the city. It was a really cold night and I said, why don't we go see Top Gun? I've heard it's really good. And she said, I haven't seen the original. I said, me neither. How did you miss the original? I think I, I don't know, growing up with two sisters and a mum, like we, mm. we watched Dirty Dancing and Pretty Woman like five times a year. Yeah, sure. We just weren't like a, a blockbuster kind of family. Mm. I just watched the Oceans movies like six months ago. Uh, yeah, same. I had seen, I'd seen the women's one and that was yeah, it. Yeah, me too. And, <laughs> and every reference to like Sandra Bullock's brother, I was like, hmm, is that George Clooney? I don't know. Do you know what? I watched the originals and I was like. I like the women's one. I love the women's one. <laughs> I liked the original men's one. The women's one. It's like the women, the ladies ghost world. You yeah. know, not the, the ladies ghost busters. Yeah. Imagine if there was a male version of ghost world. Oh God. I mean. <laughs> but um, the Top Gun propaganda machine has been working over time, specifically Miles Teller's wife's TikTok. Miles Teller, who plays Rooster in the new Top Gun movie. Is, was he in the drumming movie? Yes, Whiplash, which I never saw. He's he's also in that movie. It's like a a, kind of a rom-com with Michael B. Jordan and Zac Efron. And they're like three bros. And it's called like... um, I can assure you I have not seen that film. It's called like YOLO or something (laughs) in the American title. The Australian title is Are We Officially Dating? Oh. Truly nothing more evocative. Mm. Um, Nothing less evocative, actually. But yeah, Miles Teller, who I never gave two fucks about. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the TikTok algorithm, one day last week, was just like, hey... I'm Kelly Teller, Kelly spelt with an E-I-G-H at the end. Mm. And she's like, here's my husband dancing shirtless. Here's a montage of photos of my husband that I took. She, she acts like a fan of her husband's, but it fucking worked. I went and saw the movie and I was like, <laughs> well, I guess I love Miles Teller now. Okay. He's in the new series about like the producer trying to get the Godfather movies made. All right. And I watched the trailer. What's his name? The Scientologist. I keep wanting to say Gandolfini or Giuliani. It's um, <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi. Mm-hmm. It's got Giovanni Ribisi in it. And his face looks, he's doing like fat suit work, which <sighs> I famously love. But his face looks squished like, you know, in Drop Dead Fred, when he squishes his face and it goes really flat mm-hmm. and round. That's what he, <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi looks like in the trailer of of this Godfather movie. That sounds bad. Well, I'm going to watch it because Miles Teller's the lead <laughs> and I guess now I love Miles Teller. Yeah, you know, I just remembered where I saw Top Gun for the first time when yeah. I was a kid. First time I ever saw it was on a bus going to the like ski fields in New South Wales. Oh, yeah. And it was a Lions group. My dad was like treasurer or something for the local Lions club group right and so we were going on this ski thing which was very unusual for my family it was the first and last time and the two films I remember watching on the bus which was like full of kids and their parents was Top Gun which was great and the other one was The Bikini Shack which is about two men who own a bikini store that has a two-way mirror in it (laughs) (laughs) which is entirely appropriate for I would have been like nine nine maybe yeah. nine pushing nine yeah yeah there's a lot of that in my childhood just being like ha, women are dumb sluts <laughs> exactly. who should be punished I know, exactly yeah. what are they doing in a bikini show <laughs> they deserve, they deserve it, it. <laughs> <sighs> hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It has been kind of cute, though. Like, I know that everyone's loving Top Gun and, you know, there's a lot of Tom Cruise out there at the moment. But one thing I'm really loving is that everyone is rediscovering or discovering for the first time Jennifer Connelly. It's the Connelly-essence. <laughs> it is the Connelly-essence. Yeah. She, so she plays this character in Top Gun Maverick who, because I had not seen the original, I was watching the whole movie going... All her character development must have happened in the original because it's not happening here. But turns out they had history off screen between the two films. And she was mentioned in like a passing line in the original. He like took her on a joyride in an F-18 when they were (laughs) young bucks at the training academy or whatever. But yeah, she's she's very beautiful. Top Gun does this thing with characters like her and and Maverick. Um, Tom Cruise, who's a freaking Maverick in the skies. He's a real cowboy. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Where they, every time they talk to each other, they say one another's names in in every sentence, which I just, I really love. It feels like you're watching high school theater because it's like Pete Mitchell. You're back here at the bar. And he's like, Penny, I came by to see you. And she's like, oh, Maverick, you'll never learn. <laughs> like, just in case you forget? Always. Because everyone has nicknames as well. Mm. They've all got their real names. And they uh, hangman and the ice captain, whatever. You know, they've all got, they've, they're like you and me, BL and Jinxie. There's this TV series, a short-lived TV series, like three episodes plus a pilot that came out in 1994. And it's lived in a part of my brain since 1994. And I have only been able to revisit it recently, but I was starting to think, did this show actually exist? Did you imagine it? Yeah. And I don't even know how I saw it in the nineties. Like maybe I saw it on like someone's VHS copy. I don't know how I saw it. It's called High Octane and it was by Sofia Coppola and Zoe Cassavetes. There was on Comedy Central in the States and it's basically like a mixtape or a zine made with all of their friends. But where maybe you and I in university were making videos of our friends fucking around. They were doing the same, except their friends were like in Sonic Youth or were the Beastie Boys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So not quite the same. Not quite the same. What you said about it being like maybe you saw it on a VHS tape and like passed around really checks out because it has the quality of like a skate video or something that was had a similar kind of like montage collage kind of style where you can imagine it being this like treasured little thing that someone found and taped off their TV one night and then just clearly 30 years later uploaded to YouTube because the first three episodes have suddenly reappeared yeah. a few years ago because I'm the same as you. Like when I went through my, my big Sofia Coppola coinciding with my Spike Jones phase in university, I heard about this series and just assumed that it was something I could, you know, this was 2008. The streaming services weren't what they are now. The internet wasn't what it is now. I just imagined it was something that was kind of lost to time, but someone's dug it up. I know some legend has uploaded the whole thing as much of, you know, that we can ever get of it. Yeah. They were, they made four episodes, but only three aired. Yeah. Cause I think, I think that one is the pilot. That must be the one with Liv Tyler. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. The cameo list is through <laughs> the roof on this show. This is, this is a show where <laughs> An appearance by Keanu Reeves in 1994 is brushed over with very little attention paid and no titles on screen, nothing. He's on screen for like 40 seconds and they're like, hey, Keanu, see ya. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's the level He's of just like, like, hi, is this high octane? Yeah, that's <laughs> really the, cute. The level of star power we're working with here. Yeah. So the show, it's like a, I don't know, 24 minute show or 20 minute show. And basically the premise is that 
Sophia and Zoe are like total gearheads. They're really into cars and each episode is kind of about like horsepower and the theme is like horsepower is God, tell your friends. <laughs> and in the first episode they are into monster trucks and they go like driving in their own monster trucks. The second one is they're in a car with like a, a stunt guy mm-hmm. is the last no. one when they're when they're doing their kind of like tv talk show characters yeah i think yeah so it's like it's all very but it's all very cars yeah. and so i don't know like should we just go through each episode because it's so yeah. crazy yes, absolutely so the first episode opens with uh zoe cassavetes who as the teens today would call them both Nepo babies. Uh, I haven't heard that term before. She's the daughter of Gina Rollins and John Cassavetes. Sophia Coppola, obviously the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola. The opening kind of scene or sketch, I guess, is them in a real life, like training school, training to learn how to drive monster trucks. But they're giving this really like disaffected Valley girl kind of performance, not paying attention, not putting their helmets on properly which really reminded me of the simple life. Like Mm -hmm. when Paris and Nicole would be thrust into these like, you know, ridiculous scenarios and they just wouldn't give a fuck. There were no consequences for if they, you know, didn't pay attention. Yeah. And the fact that they're kind of playing with these girly characters, like these super high femme ditzy characters and like Sophia and Zoe are kind of running the whole show, but they're, they put themselves on screen as like, princesses totally like real yeah valley girl 90s archetypes they've got this um you know their friend sean mortensen who i wasn't familiar with before i watched this but when i looked him up he he passed away a few years ago but he was this incredible photographer has done really really amazing portraits of like tupac and paris hilton and all manner of people and they uh, send him and like a bag of laundry to Paris with a camera. And Sophia's kind of yelling out directions of like how to get the camera through security at the airport. And once he arrives in Paris, he's just filming the Chanel runway show. He goes backstage and interviews uh, Karl Lagerfeld before Karl Lagerfeld lost weight and started being super fat phobic <laughs> um, and tells him like, oh, I wanted to come to Paris and steal a dress from Chanel for my mother. <laughs> and then talks to Andre Leon Talley, who iconically says, uh, sends a message back to Sofia Coppola saying she needs better elocution. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I love how... I love that, like, obviously they've got a lot of access to these people, but these interviews are just so unrehearsed, so untrained. Mm-hmm. Like, media training was not a thing at this time. But even, like, Karl Lagerfeld gives this truly off-the-cuff interview. I can't imagine him giving anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sofia Coppola, like, famously interned at Chanel when she was, like, 15 years old. So she still clearly <laughs> carries some weight in that world, you know, however many years later, um, carries some weight. She's fucking Coppola. She's always going to, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I agree. Like the, if, if something like this were made today, a, it wouldn't be, but B it, it would almost be framed as like a prank show or something. Mm. Whereas this was very much like, I think at university when she went to like Cal arts, Sophia Coppola, like wanted to make a magazine and this was her idea for a magazine. She just ended up using a high eight camera instead and like attaching cameras to her car and fully trashing it. By the time the three episodes were done, she was like, I'm kind of sick of this concept and my car's a wreck. Yeah. The the actual direction of it is quite interesting. Like the use of cameras in it. It's very like, yeah, handheld and the camera is not even on the person they're interviewing very often or (laughs) even if that person is Martin Martin Scorsese Scorsese. (laughs) where a baby is stealing the thunder of Martin Scorsese the entire interview he just keeps talking while a baby's head just appears in front of the camera like it's very it's all very haphazard it feels very thrown together and it feels quite surreal and silly in ways that really reminded me of I mean I mentioned him before Spike Jones and Sophia Coppola were together at this time or maybe just after this and I was 
always like kind of obsessed with him and his work, which early on was very kind of like from that like punk skateboard world, very guerrilla style. He was doing all the jackass stuff early on. And like my favorite Beastie Boys video is the video for Sure Shot, which like famously they didn't have permits to film. They just had a little handy cam and were running through like Las Vegas casinos. And this was giving me like little nostalgia pangs for that. And they feel very much like of the same world. Mm. Also in the first episode, so you've already got like Keanu, Karl Lagerfeld, Andre Leon Talley. Then there's an interview with Beck. Nicolas Cage jumps up at some point unannounced. Again, no like Chiron or anything in <laughs> announcing his appearance. Yeah. Johnny Ramone sits yeah. down to, for his interview. Yeah. With Thurston Moore. With Thurston Moore. There is an amazing interview with Jenny Shimizu, the oh model and dyke icon. Oh my God. Teaching us how to fix a belt in a car and cause she's actually a mechanic. Uh-huh. And then Naomi Campbell talks about how much she loves Jenny Shimizu. But then my favorite thing in the whole episode is this extended interview with Gus Van Sant in a car as he's being driven to the location of a movie he's working on. And he's talking about like this band he loves that he like really wants to play with and how he thinks that in the future people will be filming on a camera the size of a, yeah, Yeah. which is basically like an iPhone essentially. But there's a point in the interview and he's being like kind of cute and giggly and off the cuff. But then all of a sudden he realizes that the driver is taking him to the wrong location. And he gets really, really (laughs) tense about the whole thing because he's losing light and he won't make it in time, but he's aware that he's on camera. So he can't get very mad at the driver (laughs) and just like watching that actually play out. And then the fact that they used that interview and that he allowed them to use that. Like that's the thing with this show. It's just like the level of access is wild in that a lot of these people I would imagine would be like, no, you can't use that. Yeah. But like, when are they going to get Gus Van Sant again in a car to going to set? You know, it's like, well, that's what we got. So we're going to run with it. Exactly. And it's great. Yeah. Um, I think he was shooting to die for at that time okay. as well. So I've been trying to work out which scene it was, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> the one that, the one where the light isn't quite right. <laughs> isn't quite right. Exactly. <laughs> and then episode two has the iconic ex-girl fashion show. The one that if you were on Tumblr, if you've been on the internet, if you've ever looked up like 90s fashion you've seen photos of this kind of gorilla runway on the streets of Soho yeah which is a beautiful thing I was very obsessed with it yeah I was looking at the clothes and it going like why did I sell that yeah I still got some of it but um Jinxie I want to do a little quiz because I want to know which which ex-girl you are because Daisy Von Firth (laughs) with Kim Gordon runs through the people who would wear ex-girl here are your options 15 year old skater girl 18-year-old raver, 20-year-old indie rocker, 25-year-old fashion type, 30-year-old glamorous woman, or 40-year-old rock star. They're the, they're the options. Well, I was literally a 15-year-old skate girl when <laughs> <laughs> this, this actually happened. So I don't know that I've really moved on. I, you know, Spiritually. Yeah, still I mean, there. I'm aiming for glamorous woman, but I'm in my 40s, so I might have to go with rock yeah, star. Yeah. What also, about you? Who wants to be a glamorous woman <laughs> with that list? What about you? I think I'm going to go with um, 20-year-old indie rocker. Okay. I think that suits. That's where I want to be. Yeah, that least. sounds great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so there's, so they, there's a lot of footage from this show, and you can kind of spot a lot of incredible people. Carl McLaughlin with, um, who was he dating at the time? Was it? Linda Evangelista? I think so. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola is there. Chloe Seven is, of course, there. She's Chloe's in the show. There, of course. Uh, Ioni Sky's there. Oh, big time. Big time. Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. Uh, it's just, um, and on the Ioni Sky thing, her brother Donovan does the theme song to Thurston's Alley, Thurston Moore's music section, like interview section. Yeah, it wasn't show. just, he wasn't just a kind of cameo in the first episode. Thurston Moore has a recurring segment in every episode of of High Octane where he interviews, I guess, a different person that he's kind of just into. into. Yeah, the first one being Johnny Ramone, 
The second one is, uh, who's the second one that he interviews? Anna Wintour. Oh my God, how did I forget? <laughs> he interviews Anna Wintour I at didn't the write, Vogue office. I didn't write it in my notes because I was like, you're not going to forget that. Yeah, he interviews freaking Anna Wintour. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like watching Chris Farley interview Paul McCartney, <laughs> where he just tells a really long anecdote and then is like, what do you think about that? And the anecdote is goddamn brilliant. It's, it's so about good. how. Kim Deal gets her hair greasy uh, if she doesn't have any hair products with her. And I will not spoil it. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. All the links to these three episodes, which have miraculously not been taken off YouTube, will be in the show notes. So you just have to put aside a, a couple of hours and watch oh, High Octane. Yeah, it's great. And like the final episode introduces this weird rival narrative between Sophia and Zoe where they... Uh, like it suddenly becomes this kind of meta show. Like they're obviously trying to do something new with the show each week, which I actually really enjoyed. Yeah, me too. It's like they, it's really is like they were making a zine and they got to issue three and they were like, so we talked to all our friends in episode one, like who are we going to talk to? Yeah, what are we going to do three? now? Yeah. Also they're getting increasingly, you, you, I've seen in interviews since kind of got increasingly bored with making the show and they were kind of like, mm, by the time it aired, we were kind of sick of it. We didn't think it was cool anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're interviewing like Anna Sui and the Beastie Boys. I know. And, um, and Flea talks about how much he hates cars. Oh my God, that was incredible. Okay. So episode three, they're still, it's almost like they kind of forgot about the car concept in episode two. They come back to it in episode three. They have Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers giving this like extended riff on how he hates car culture in LA. And then they interview this painter called Robert Williams, who seems to be a favorite of like Anthony Kiedis and Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage famously sold all of his expensive watches to try and buy a painting (laughs) and he couldn't get it. Nicholas Cage on this show just says like Robert Williams is a modern day Hieronymus Bosch. (laughs) And then the camera cuts away. That's all you hear from Nicolas Cage. There's an interview with Debbie Harry from Blondie. She's holding a dog. Standing in I front love of, that dog. Standing in front of a Robin, Robert, Robert Williams, not Robin Williams, painting. He does these really bizarre, it almost feels like Robert Crumb or something. Like really like, oh girl, like guys looking at titties. Yeah, it's very like rat fink. Yeah. And you have to kind of like search through the, the you know, these paintings to see like what he's, all the little hidden kind of stories he's telling anyway debbie harry tells this story about being like loaded walking the streets of new york one night getting a ride in a car and then jumping out because she realized it was ted bundy or she later realized it was ted bundy and so robert williams like turned that into a painting that she has at her house yeah that she's just like very happily talking about she's like haha ted bundy (laughs) so like this show is absolutely bonkers but it's so fun. It's really, really fun. It truly is like a high octane, like wild ride zipping you from like one place to another. It has a real music video quality. Yeah, it's like the best hour and a half you could spend on YouTube, I reckon. It's so funny. It's I mean, so good. the Martin Scorsese thing is that is so bizarre. It feels like it's out of like SNL or like... Yeah, uh, Sophia asks him what five films should everyone see? And he's like, oh, five. If someone asks me 10, I have to give them 20. And then he lists 20 movies like very, very quickly. Yeah. They ask him like who his favorite Beastie Boy is. And he says, there's no way to choose. It'd be like choosing between Mozart and Beethoven. (laughs) True. True. Um, Although MCA, always my favorite. Mm -hmm, Um, I feel like this series really gets at something that I care deeply about, which is Sophia Coppola comedy legend. She doesn't get, she's so stylish. Her films, since she became this like kind of auteurist filmmaker a decade later, I feel like her films get credit for being beautiful and chic and stylish and, as, you know, has, the, has this certain aesthetic to them. Vibe heavy. Very vibe heavy. They're like Tumblr porn. They're like, you know, screen captures on, on Instagram or whatever. Very rookie mag RIP. And she doesn't get the credit for being like, a funny writer or like a funny person, I don't think, but, but that comedy sensibility comes across so intensely in high octane, which I really loved. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think that this show is really funny and silly and it's like obviously playing with masses of privilege and I like, but they're going kind of helpful ever with that whole thing. I mean, one of the thank yous in the credits is Sophia's dad. (laughs) I mean, why not? Of course. I truly think that this show kind of needs a 
Criterion version. It should be released on DVD with like a DVD menu. It's Blu-ray, babe. Oh, sorry. I don't have a Blu-ray. <laughs> Do I need to get a Blu-ray player? I don't have one either, but I think it needs the... Yeah. We can borrow one. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we need like director's commentary on every episode. They remastered that show Fishing with John, which I really loved. I'm not familiar. It's um a show from 1991 by John Lurie, who is a singer and actor is in a lot of Jim Jarmusch films and each episode he would just take one guy fishing and they would have a fishing adventure and so he like various episodes he took along like Tom Waits and mm. Jim Jarmusch, Dennis Hopper, Willem Dafoe so it was kind of this like quite mask fishing show but they would talk about like jazz or whatever. Was this online or pre was it like no it was from 1991 right and then it became kind of like a cult classic yeah and then criterion did it so you know Uh, what i'm saying is yeah i feel like as we're talking about this i'm realizing i really miss dvd bonus feature oh me too culture that used to be in my fucking weekends (laughs) i love it yeah Thinking so much about High Octane and rewatching them all did bring up a couple of things. It reminded me a little bit of, and I don't think it's quite in the same league as, but um, did you watch Delusional Downtown Divas? It was the web series that Lena yeah. Dunham made pre-Girls. It was from 2009. She made it with Joanna Avalas and Isabel Haley. And it was made from Index Magazine. So it was like post-Tiny Furniture, was it? Or pre, pre, tiny, pre tiny was pre tiny furniture, and but as um, that blew up, I think it got taken offline. Like it was harder to find her like weird art school mm, projects. Yeah, so it's basically about these three girls who are very much part of the privileged art world, and then trying to make it without really doing very much. And I remember thinking it was really funny at the time, and it's all on YouTube now. Mm. I think one episode or a couple of episodes was shot at the Guggenheim, and the Guggenheim have it on their official youtube whoa <laughs> like every episode oh that's so, so funny so we should link to that and also i really loved this show called girls guitar club and it was um so it was a musical comedy duo from like the late 90s early noughts it was karen kilgareth murderino uh-huh. and marilyn rayskib who i love love um so they had like this musical comedy act And this short-lived show, I don't know where I saw it, how I saw it, but they worked at a vintage clothing store and E, the lead singer of the Eels, would come and visit and they would make, like, sexually aggressive passes at him and, like, never be able to sell any vintage item of clothing because they decided they loved it too much. Anyway, you can watch a clip of them singing, (laughs) like, the theme song and stuff on YouTube, which is, like, a a live comedy sketch. This is all making me realise that I... how much I miss the like era of online video content, like people just being like little weirdo freaks for YouTube where there was no pressure and no expectation of like going viral or having an audience. It was just like to make a thing. Like obviously high octane's a bit different because it was being broadcast on comedy central and being funded before long before they were on TV. Carrie Brownson and Fred Armisen used to make what what eventually became Portlandia, these sketches, and their duo was called Thunder Ant. And I just remember I, I'm having like a flashback to my iTunes screen because I used to be subscribed to their like video podcasts where every time they would, you know, like we get our podcast on our phone. Oh my God, I sound like a grandma. We get our podcast on our phones now. (laughs) You used to release video ones and it would like update and I would sit at home and like watch video podcasts of Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen just doing like the weirdest fucking shit. It's weird what sticks in our brains, right? It's really weird. It's in there. (laughs) One last little C also for this is uh, the Instagram account at night openings, which just puts up photos from like movie premieres from like the eighties and nineties. And it's, they're all amazing. And it's very much pre stylists working for Uh everybody. So people come in like off the rack shit and pre contouring as well. Like everyone's faces are so blown out. Oh, they truly are. And it's just like some chunky belts and, a mesh top and you're done. Um, some recent ones that were really good was the chasing Amy premiere from oh. 1997 is up. And the, wow. another, another 48 hours movie premiere from 1990, but very good. Oh my God. I love that. 
but I have a C also, which is very related to high octane. It's an interview with Thurston Moore that Stereo Gum did. And I guess they ran down his career on screen and like had him kind of talk about what the experience was like making certain things. So they talked about Thurston's alley and he describes like where he and Kim Gordon were living at the time. They just put chairs in the alley outside their apartment and filmed there. He like didn't love the one with Johnny Ramone so much because they disagreed. So Johnny Ramone's like famously very conservative. Yeah, the questions for that are like, how did you get your iconic look? Yeah, he asked him (laughs) one question and then it cuts away. Um, Maybe all the rest were, you know, kind of. Who do you vote for? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So then he says, kind of, I still run into Sophia, but it's, you know, it's pretty rare. Zoe and I don't see so much of each other, but she made a film that I really liked. I looked it up because I was like, I don't know if I've seen Zoe Cassavetti's directorial debut day out of days did you I, ever see that i have not seen it either no, i'm gonna seek it out and suss it out because she she's directed a few episodes of tv shows i really liked like sex lives of college girls which mm-hmm. was a great series in this same um piece thurston Moore also talked about when he and kim and coco were on gilmore girls oh yes. Do you remember that? it's like the episode where the local busker in stars hollow like gets you know, recruited to open for Neil Young or something. So then all these buskers from around the country descend because they think they're going to make it big. And one night the camera kind of pulls away and there's just like people playing music everywhere in the town square. And one of them is the Gordon Moore family. And um, basically Coco was a huge fan of Gilmore Girls and they all decided to do it and play one of the, you know, a Sonic Youth song. But then... (laughs) Oh, and Coco wore a baggy army jacket as a reference to freaks and geeks. Iconic child. And the interviewer asked if Thurston Moore kept up with Gilmore Girls and if he watched the reboot on Netflix years later. To which he said, it's been 10 years since I've had that sort of situation where I settled down and watched TV. (laughs) I watch things on my laptop sometimes. Listed on IMDb, the High Octane is co-created by Sophia and... Not Zoe, but someone named Nicolette Munro. And I could not find any information on her except that she was an actor in a movie called Cool Blue in 1994 starring Woody Harrelson. Huh. And I've never seen this movie before. We got ourselves some digging to We do. got some digging. <laughs> it's time again for Also Also's, where Jinxie and I trade recommendations of things we've been really enjoying this week. Jinxie, what's your first one? I've got to watch also. It's the website Le Cinema Club. Mm. It's a club that everyone can join. It's a beautiful thing. For fans of Le Cinema? Exactly. It's a curated weekly short film platform that is in part supported by Chanel. So every single week they have something, a new short film up for seven days. It's not geo-blocked. Anyone can watch it. Previous highlights for me have been shorts by Jessica Bashir, Garrett Bradley, Jane Campion, James Vaughan, the Australian filmmaker who made Friends and Strangers recently, mm, which wow. is, I think, in, still in cinemas. And also Hog Hive, Joanna Hogg's Caprice was on this website. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But this week is a film I'd never seen before. It's a six minute film from two, the year 2000 by David Cronenberg ah. that he made for the Toronto Film Festival's 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called Camera. And it's because his new film, Crimes of the Future, has just been released internationally. Not mm-hmm. here yet. Mm-hmm. I did see it. It is as bonkers as all the reviews <laughs> tell you. You saw it at Le Cinema in Cannes. I saw it at Le Cinema. Marine Khan. Yeah. So that's lecinemaclub.com. That sounds great. What about you, BL? My first one this week is another skin also. It's this brand called Sugar Dough. Dough is spelled D-O-H. And it's a at-home sugaring kit that you can buy. I kept seeing it pop up on my... I'm always mentioning my TikTok feed being like a place where I buy things. But that's where I saw it and I bought it. And it's kind of like sugaring. I'd always heard of sugaring as like an alternative to waxing. Um, Can you talk me through this, please? I don't know enough, but it's like a sugar-based wax product comes in a little jar you heat it up but I think the main difference is that you know to wax your hair off your body the wax has to be quite hot so it can like burn you or like scar you quite easily whereas sugaring is a more natural I think gentler substitute you also kind of do it in reverse so you apply it against the hair growth and then you remove it 
towards like in the direction of your hair growth. So anyway, it takes some figuring out, but I bought a little kit and a couple of weekends ago, I sat down on a towel in front of my TV and watched like a series while I figured it out. And, um, yeah, I think it might be something I pursue, pursue. (laughs) It's something that I'm going to kind of pursue over winter when, uh, you know, my skin's like dry and I'm cold. I don't want to go out and like take my clothes off in a, you know, little salon somewhere. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I haven't figured out how to do it on my face yet. Okay. I'm going to check in with you in a couple of months and see if this is a thing. I've got a pretty niche also, also next. Mm -hmm. It is just for our European and UK listeners. It's a treat also. Mm -hmm. Um, It's purely for dog owners. Okay. (laughs) We're getting, the niche is getting smaller. It's getting smaller. Uh, So I picked up some vegan dog treats at Broadway Market in London a few weeks ago. Uh They're called Wuzzis. (laughs) This is really cute. Wuzzis. Wuzzis. Which is very, very cute. Um, And my dog, Top Chef, has gone like mad for them. Like he's never been as obsessed with wow. a treat like this before. Are you going to need to kind and of I, import them? Oh, I'm trying, but, yeah. um, they like, I, I don't, I'm not raising a vegan dog. Like he has fish and meat and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But, uh, this, these vegan treats, uh, just, he's just going like he wants them all the time. Yeah. Wow. I've got to ration them. He's going wacko for was this. Exactly. So they only ship to the UK and Europe at the moment. Sorry. How are we spelling was this? It's W apostrophe Z I S. Was this? I'm glad I asked. (laughs) Uh, But if you do live there, you can get them from was this dot dog. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So for the vegan Europe and UK, Dog owners. Yeah. And if you're in London, you can just go and get them from Broadway Market. Love They've this. got a stall there. And you could send them to me if you loved me. I've got a listen also. It's a new album that came out, I think, last week. Um, I feel like I'm a bit slow on the uptake with new records at the moment, but it's Big Time by Angel Olsen. I've always kind of had a peripheral knowledge of Angel Olsen. I've never been a massive fan. Her early days, I kind of discovered her and thought I just truly thought I discovered her. One of those artists bought her like early cassette tapes. Anyway, I fell off the radar for a little while, but I'm fully right back in with, with this record big time. She's kind of gone quote unquote gone country in a way that really responds to me at the moment. Like, I don't know if you listen to that Waxahachie record, St. Cloud from a few years ago, it's kind of become like the soundtrack to my last two years. Um, and I think this is about to take its place. I didn't know all of this about Angel Olsen, but, um, I was just reading an interview with her where the timeline of making this record was essentially like she came out to her kind of self and then her friends and then her parents. And then within a few days, her father died. And then within a few weeks or months, like it it kind of is described as like very soon after her mother died. And then within a few weeks, she was in the studio making this record. Wow. I only knew the coming out part. Yeah. So it's all coming from like um, a place of there's also like heartbreak woven into it because her first uh, queer relationship ended. And so she was kind of coming to terms with what that meant. And anyway, I'm describing it really clumsily because there's obviously so much personal experience woven up in this record. I've only listened to it a few times, but I just can't stop. It's I can't wait to hear it. Really beautiful. Yeah, I really loved her last album. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to dive back into Angel. I've got a smell also. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's from the Belgian Candle Company. Mm-hmm. It's a small company based in one of the best spots in the whole world, Bellingen in northern New South Wales. Um, a place I miss every day. Uh, and the company is, it's like family owned and it's every candle is poured by the founder, Ray. They have two ranges of candles and one is based on iconic albums and the other is based on like a place time vibe, basically. Oh, cool. um, my favorite is from that place time vibe series. I can't remember <laughs> the name of it, but um, the candle is uh, Woodstock 69. If you're like, 
I don't know what kind of, I don't know, whiffs she's into. But the only other candle that I would ever really burn at home is the, like I'm deep into, I'm deep into the incense and the sage and the, you know, yeah, yeah. everything else and the oils. But yeah, the only other candle I would burn at home is the Labo's Palo Santo 14. So this has got like a similar smell vibe to it, but the candles are super, super long lasting. Mm. Um, it's a very ethical company. And I really like that it's like a small company based in northern New South Wales. And, uh, yeah, if you're in the Northern Rivers, you can buy it from the Emporium in Bellingen. Otherwise, you can just buy them online. Love that. I want to get some new candles. I feel like I'm stuck with, like, the same brands. My last one is a cook also. It's very Southern Hemisphere winter appropriate recipe for ribolita. So, like, an Italian kind of veggie soup. Claire Saffitz uh, made it. I saw it on her YouTube channel. She famously makes desserts and uh, that kind of thing. I think she has two books now on kind of desserts and pastries and things like that. So it was rare to see like a savory like dinner recipe, but I kind of recreated a version of it last week and it is going to see me through this like blustery winter. Is that what you sent me home with last week? It sure is. Oh wow. That was yum, yum, yum. It was yum, yum, yum. I made like a little pot of macaroni and served it over like pasta, which, so it was kind of like verging on minestrone. Yeah. It was freaking yum, yum. Yeah. Delish. Yeah. So Claire Saffitt's Ribolita recipe. And it seems kind of like improvisable. Like I had some pot of beans that I'd frozen and I just thawed them out and, and popped them in this one. So you can kind of like riff on it in a few different ways. I like that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of See Also. As always, if you want to follow us on social media, our username on Instagram is at See Also Podcast. Uh, that's where you can share it with your friends, tag us when you're listening, and then head over to your podcast platform of choice. I was going to say, I, I was like, can we leave a <laughs> review anywhere else? And then head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a five-star rating and a really nice review about what you like about the show. Yeah, we love that. We love the reviews. And thanks always to... And thanks always to Samuel Hodge for our imagery and Harvey Sutherland for our theme song. See ya. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.